Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who. I am Kyle Jones, and I want to welcome for the first time on Discussing Who, Ashford Wright from the Wright Own Network and straight out of Gallifrey. Ashford, how are you? I'm doing quite well, Kyle. Hello. Hello, everyone. Well, I'm glad that you got straight out of Gallifrey before season 12, because I think you might not be doing wonderful if you were still spoilers in Gallifrey. Yeah, I had to get, man, I had to get straight out of Gallifrey, I'm telling you. <laughs> so I'm glad you, place up. So I'm glad you're on. I have connected with you over Instagram, and you and I have had some cool conversations, most notably on Straight Out of Gallifrey podcast, where we talked a Doctor Who top 10. So for the listeners of Discussing Who that may not have heard about you yet, I want to start the podcast about you. And I know we're doing a companion spotlight on Romana, and that's who you chose as your favorite companion. But before we get to her, I want to get to you. So how did you find Doctor Who and what about Doctor Who piqued your interest? You know, I think it was 2007. My friend Jordan, she was trying to convince me to watch the show. And I, I I think that somehow I avoided the show. I had cable at a young age, so I would watch Nickelodeon. So I totally missed the whole PBS thing. Although I feel like I saw Snake Dance like at five years old, but I can't confirm that. <laughs> so uh, my friend Jordan, she was trying to convince me to watch the show. And I was like, okay, all right. And then in 2011, 2012, I was like big time into Jeff John's Green Lantern run. And this kid, he was saying like, hey, I think you would like Doctor Who. You know, I I, I I noticed the things that you like. I think you would like Doctor Who. I was like, okay, all right, yeah. And then that summer, I started watching the old Battlestar Galactica. So that got me in the mood for kind of strange sci-fi. And then I was like, man, you know what? Okay, let me throw on this Doctor Who and see what it's like. And I threw on Rose and I was like, oh, okay, all right, because I had seen the the British office, well, like in 2003 or whatever. So I was like, oh, okay, this is British. Because I had like no idea what I was walking into. So I let them roll. You know, like I watched like five episodes. Like I wasn't, like sometimes, I think if if I hadn't just gotten off the Battlestar Galactica, the old one, Mm -hmm. if I hadn't just walked off of that into this, I think Rose could have caught me at a at a bad time. But for some reason, I was in the mood for it. And also, I had just finished The Wire probably at that point, whenever The Wire ended. And that show was so heavy, I just kind of stopped watching TV for a while. Because it was like, well, nothing's really going to satisfy me after that. So I think the Doctor Who helped me like come back and to see something else. So like as as I'm watching the show because I didn't have a general construct of what the show was about. I was like, "Well, what is this? This is is this funny? Is this supposed to be scary? Is this silly? Is this dramatic?" And then I remember when I started realizing like, "Oh, okay, this is kind of serial. Like if something happens in the previous episode, it it all counts." Okay, all right. And then I think it was the episode, I can't remember if it's World War 3 where the doctor was like, "Hey, I got this idea. I'm going to basically have the missile blow us all up." Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute, that's not a plan. And when he told Rose, hey, I'm going to take you back to where we first left off. And it was a year later and Mickey was accused of murdering her and all that. I was like, oh, he gets it wrong sometimes. OK, so I found that very intriguing that the doctor is flawed 
And I just kept watching. I just kept like, well, what is this? What What's going on? And then I feel like I really didn't take purchase of it until the Matt Smith era. And then that's when I was like, okay, I'm a full-fledged Hoovy in it. When did you realize that this character, the Doctor, went all the way back to 1963 and this character the doctor had these different faces when did you get that realization i knew that i know the, the the student he described that like oh you know there's these old episodes and some of them are recorded over i don't know why i found that very uh i found that fascinating and so i i knew like there was like history to the show i i, I did know that and i started realizing like wait a minute actually when i was reading those comics they had those david Tennant doctor who um ads in there but I still had no concept of the show. I thought it was like something like Mr. Wizard or whatever. But I think it was a situation where it's like I've never paid attention to that car until I started paying attention to it. Right. So I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? Keith Murray back in like 1988, he did rap some song and he said something, something, Doctor Who in it. So I was like, OK, yeah, this was around me. And for some reason, I feel like I saw curse of Fenric when those creatures were trying to come through the door and he's trying to shut it on them. For some reason, I felt like I saw that before as well. You know, for so for that summer, I'm going through them and forgive me for using a term, I was binging through them. But when I started, you know, once school started back up and things started to slow down, I felt like when I became a Whovian, it was like, boom, like the, the Matt Smith era, I felt like it all just kind of clicked with me. Cool, 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 cool. Where did you jump then? And I guess it may have been the Whovian part that said, I'm going to devote some time to even doing a podcast about Doctor Who. And specifically, you guys focus on a certain genre of episodes from Doctor Who that are kind of like your, I would call them your premiere episodes. Even though I know you do other type of Doctor Who content, there are certain episodes that I've seen that you guys focus on. Tell me about Straight Out of Gallifrey, pretending I don't know anything about the podcast. So Straight Out of Ga- Straight Out of Gallifrey is a Doctor Who podcast where we celebrate those Doctor Who episodes that feature other Time Lords. Because uh, once I started, to answer your uh, previous question, once I started kind of going back and researching the show, and I was like, okay, so there are previous Doctors, I found uh, Tom Baker to be very interesting with the scarf. He looked like a, a 70s soul brother. So I, I identified with that. And once I found out like, oh, wait a minute, hold on. Oh, there's other like Time Lords out there. Oh, he's from Gallifrey. Like once I started, because, you know, the new show, it got away from that. It was kind of like, you know, hide your geekdom. And I was actually fascinated by that because I'm like, oh, OK, so the, it, the doctor is running away from something. And I, I find that interesting. And then sometimes the Time Lords, they they screw with them. And I like that as well. Like they're antagonizing them. So I'm like, OK, it's something for him to bounce off of. And then the Time Lord garb, get up. I just think it's cool as I'll get out. So I'm fascinated by that. So on Straight Out of Gallifrey, we talk about those Doctor Who episodes that feature the Time Lords and Time Ladies. I'm old fashioned. That's what Missy said. So we started all the way back to the time meddler, all the way to, well, now a couple of some some Jodie Whittaker episodes. And we even covered the Susan episodes. We didn't at first. And then we were like, you know what? Let's just cover them. So, yeah, that's that was the remnant of the show at first. 
any episode that featured, you know, the metal and monk, the master, the Ronnie, you name it. We, we were going to cover it because I feel like I'm not saying that I need to know that the doctor's name is Fred, but I think every once in a while, like every 19 episodes, if you could give us something like, oh, yeah, you know, the the time lords, they behave like this. And this is another part of Gallifreyan lore. I, I find it interesting. Cool. Cool. So it's funny that you said the name Fred. Because the name Fred <laughs> is literally the name of the companion that we're talking about tonight, because that's what the doctor decided he was going to call uh, this person that we will call by short Romana, because unless you can, I can't pronounce her full name. Tama Romana Vrichalunda. Thank you, sir. I think that's it. <laughs> cool. Well, I'll go with it because I'm going to either call her Fred or Romana. So tell me. Of all the companions you've seen, New Who, Classic Who, All Who, why Romana? What was special about Romana that caught your attention? Man, you know, I think it was a very bold move to go, all right, this is what the next campaign is going to be. It's going to be a Time Lord. So, and we're going to do the whole thing where the Doctor is like the tramp. You know, the Doctor is someone that's like, I'm not going to really pay attention to class. I'm going to look at the footnotes and go, ah, I got it, I got it, I got it. And then that's why, hey, Rose, I'll take you back. And then it's one year later, they declare her dead. Whereas Romana, I can get you back safely. I'm studious. I'm uh, I'm good with the book learning. So like when we first see Romana, they're, <laughs> they're making fun of the doctor because it's like, oh, yeah, we all know that you score like 51 on your owls test or whatever that is. I'm, I'm crossing streams there. But, yeah, no, I just think it's, it's neat that, okay, so this is someone – like think about it. When we first get that time meddler, it's like, oh, okay, so there's other Tardis's Tardi out there? Oh, that's cool. Okay. So in this one where the doctor's running around with his his companion, his – uh. His countryman, if you will, his country person. That's kind of neat because then there's those episodes where it's like, I don't have to worry about rescuing Romana because she knows just as much as me. And, you know, she's of my race. So we're good. So it's like they're partners. And then, you know, when, you know, we get to series 17, there are episodes where they're letting Tom Baker fool around the TARDIS and doing his bits and jokes. And Romana is basically the lead in the thing. It's can't lose. I I just think, you know, you and I, we had a conversation about like, why do you like Birds of Prey so much? Well, it's Barbara Gordon, the Oracle, Black Canary and the Huntress. It's the sure shot. Like, how can you lose? So I'm thinking with Romana, I, I think you're getting the best of all worlds. You know, of course, like Sarah Jane is something about her. She just has this girl next door. This is my cool big sister vibe going. Right. And I think Romana, both versions of her, even the third version on Big Finish, I, I just think that she's the sure shot. Smart. You could give her a spinoff. It would work. A foil for the doctor. It's not obnoxious. Like, it's not something where it's like, yeah, she showed up the doctor. Well, it's like, well, I kind of think the doctor's cool, too. That's why I kind of watch the show. So I don't want to just see a companion just talking crazy to him. But the way that she does it, it's it's cool and it's uh, it works. It works. Yeah, but don't you also think that sometimes as a fan of the show, 
you want to see the doctor put in him or her place from time to time? Well, I would tell you one thing that's fun. I love that when uh, when Ramana, when she made a, a sign screwdriver for herself and the doctor tried to steal it, he tried to pretend like, oh, you made this? Uh, okay, that's really nothing special. But then he tried to take it. And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. This, is, this is your sign screwdriver and yeah. this is yours. So, yeah, I, I do like, but I'm just saying like the way that the, the actresses play it, Mary Tam and Lala Ward, when they put him in his place, you know, is always rightfully deserved. And you don't go like, you know, like with Donna, when she was combative at first, we were like, oh, whoa, what's this? And then when she came back, we were like, wait a minute, she's coming back. But then she won us over. Yes. I think in these at the very beginning, when they put when Romana puts the doctor in her, his place, I never went, oh, whoa, what's this change up? Like, it was like, no, this is very interesting. But I do love when she mentions, hey, I'm Ramona Ventralanda, and the doctor tells K9, oh, I'm so sorry about that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that would, you know, that was one of those lines I think that only Tom Baker could have pulled off because he just did it so seriously comedic. Yes. You know, so you've mentioned both the versions that we saw on screen of Romana, and she has a she has a distinction that none of the other companions have except for Jamie. There was a, an episode, I believe, of the second Doctor's era where Jamie was played by another actor for one serial, I mean, one episode because the actor was sick. But other than that, you have these characters that are companions that are played by the same character, even so far as Sarah Jane, who came back decades later to Doctor Who. That said, we see two versions of Romana. We see Romana regenerate. Do you have a preference, Romana 1 or Romana 2? Because I do, but I want to hear what your preference is. I used to lean heavy Mary Tam, but now um, in the Big Finish Gallifrey series, it's really helped, and it's just more volume of it. Although uh, Mary Tam, before she passed away, of course, she did appear on Gallifrey, the Big Finish audio series. But I'm, ah, I hate to choose. I'm going to go with uh, Ramana 2 because I think at the end of the day, I can't see – Mary Tam's Romana playing one, two, three, shoot, rock, paper, scissors with Tom Baker with the uh, 70s disco aliens in the uh, Destiny of the Dalek story. No, I, I agree. I agree. I would consider the first Romana as much more, I don't want to say uptight, but these are the rules and I'm going to follow the rules and, you know, that we need to do, walk along the straight line, et cetera, and so forth. The second Romana was more laid back, more whimsical, more free spirited is, is how I would describe. Now, for me, I seem to be drawn more to the first Romana than the second. No offense to the second. Just my preference is the first one. You know, and uh, the reason why I lean more towards Mary Tam at first, because I was so intrigued with the Key to Time series. And now I'm really like falling in love with series 18, where we get the more calm down Tom Baker and they got the wine color jacket and scarf. But I'm thinking, OK, let's just say in some alternate universe where Mary Tam, she stays. 
will we see that where it's like, okay, I'm the Hermione, you know, book study, real good at book learning archetype. And then as I'm, I got the book smarts, but now that I'm out in the field with the doctor, now my street smarts are getting bigger. Right. So as that's happening, now I'm character arcing or character descending, however you want to look at it, to now I'm starting to be a little bit more loose. Because I think if you go back and you watch Armageddon Factor, she's uh, 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 not as uptight. Like, I, I feel like, whoa, you know, this is the start. If it would have started like this, because she seemed more like, I, I don't know the word haughty, like haughty right. or whatever. Like uh, in the other serials, she's kind of wearing like, what do they wear on that planet? Okay, I'll wear that. But in Armageddon Factor, she straight up, I'm, I'm going back to my Time Lord outfit. Like I'm wearing this, her hair's down, and she was a little more uh, relaxed. And I was like, you know, some people kind of slag on that story, but I'm like, man, but I really like Tom Baker and Mary Tam in that one. And then I think what you start seeing with, with Lila Ward, when she comes on, she's like, I'll entertain them. Yeah, I'll be silly with them. But then you start seeing kind of in Series 17 and in Series 18 where she's kind of like, okay, this is getting old. Like, I'm tired of kind of being silly with them. I think we should take these missions seriously and get them done. And then the next thing you know, I'm taking the dog and I'm going to another universe. Yes. And, you know, her exit has always been interesting to me because that was an out for that version of K-9. And then just a few years later, we see that Sarah Jane has a version of K-9. So I always thought that that was a little wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey there. K-9-3. Yes. K-9 Mach 3. Right, right, exactly. So if I were to ask you, what was your favorite Romana story? Do you have a favorite? Oh, you know what? Okay, so you have the Horns of Nemon, where I think like they really let her play the lead. But you know what? Just, oh, I would just say for giggles and such, uh, to be a little bit more just obvious, uh, I would say like, hey, let's play around with this uh, City of Death. Okay. What about City of Death spoke to you? I I think as as far as like something high Romana, you get to see her be playful. You get to see her be brilliant. it's really the only time she's – it's the first time and the only time she's referred to as a time lady where they're in the the bistro or whatever and the dude is drawing her and it's a clock lady, a time lady. And the doctor goes, hey, you know, it's – he drew you, a time lady. But, I mean, really? Man, a good – my favorite Romana story? I Yeah, I, I guess I'll just say the – one, it's, it's a good story. I think – uh, City of Death. I think that's one where it's highly recommended. And I think if someone were to just jump into it, it's like, well, what's this? But now when I watch it and I read the novelization and stuff, oh, yeah, it's wonderful. But I, I think it's one where you get to see her be philosophical, funny, be time lordy, take charge, be assertive, all that stuff. So I, I think it's a little bit of everything. But, yeah, I guess uh, – City of Death. All right. You know, let's think new who, old who, classic all who. If you were to say what makes Romana 
either version, we're just going to say, you know, the character Romana different from other companions, other than the fact that she's a time lady. What would you say is makes her different? What's her most unique quality? I think, you know, well, like, I think there's there's one serial where I wish it could have been written differently. And it's a uh, Stones of Blood and it's a situation where she's taken to the uh, interstellar world, not interstellar. I forget what they call um, inner space, right. whatever, yes. hyperspace, hyperspace. Uh, when she gets taken there, when the doctor shows up, she had been in prison. I wish they would have done something where she was just walking around the place trying to figure it out. Not like, oh, I'm in prison. I'm waiting for the doctor to show up. But I think something that makes her unique, I think she's a good like it. I think it heightens the it lowers the chances of the doctor being killed. Like, you know, I love Tegan the death, but I think she's not really a protector. So, like, uh, you know, Rose is awesome. And, you know, she's awesome. She's awesome. But I think, like, okay, traveling the universe and the doctor not getting killed, I think Romana, it helps his chances of not being killed. I think that's one unique thing. You know, I was, you know, she's brilliant. She's smart. And I like the canine, I like the canine Romana moments, to be okay. honest with you. Yeah. And, and we, <laughs> you know, and, and seeing her being president of Gallifrey and all that stuff, that's why I'm steadfast to hashtag Romana lives. She's out there somewhere. I'm not going to, I love the child and children, but uh, I believe that she's alive. But I, I think that's one of her strong attributes where I think she could, I think one of her strengths, the character can carry a story. And I'm not saying that the other ones can't, but I think it would be valid if for some reason, and, you know, it, I, I guess that's why, as far as a modern Who companion, why I like Clara so much, because they did that whole Dr. Clara thing. Oh, I, I'm going to tell you why I like the character so much. At the end of the day, like, if, if you know, when it was the whole thing, like, could the doctor be a woman or could the doctor be this? I'm like, well, I don't know. But what if I were to tell you my favorite Time Lord is not the doctor? My favorite Time Lord is Romana. Mm. She's awesome. All right. So you kind of like worked yourself right into a corner for literally my next question, because this is the next question on my list. And that was going to be and you could not have done it any more perfectly, which makes this question become if you could see Romana return in series 13, name an actor or actress that you would want to play Romana. Well, you know, we still have Lala Ward that's alive, so I would love it for it to be her and that she's the president. I mean, there's actions that happen in the books where when we get that Doctor Who the movie, it starts off with, hey, take the master's body to Gallifrey. Those were instructions by the president, the president being Romana. But um, I can't remember her name. I think last name, like Landau or whatever. Yes, Apparently Sophia she was Landau maybe. Yeah, well – She's playing the third Romana in is some wild version of Juliet. Uh, Juliet Landau. Yes, yeah, Ju- thank you. In the Gallifrey series, so if not Lala Ward, her. Oh, now okay, you know what? And just you know, for funsies, uh, if you can help me find this actress's name, she is the villain in season one of Luther. Um, she kind of has a wild, like, Eddie Azard vibe going on when he was in that comedy special, Dress to Kill. But she would be wonderful. She would be wonderful as the master. Ruth Wilson. Oh, man. 
Is that who you're yeah. talking about? Yes. Get Ruth Wilson to do it. Get Ruth Wilson to be the doctor, whatever. But yeah, if you get that actress to play Ramana, that would be awesome. But I mean, I guess just to answer the question, oh, that's interesting. I'm looking her up. She's from Ashford, United United Kingdom. Yeah. Let's get Lala Ward. And also, I, I, I like Lala Ward now that, you know, she's a president because she's seen everything. You know, I've been to eSpace. I've traveled with the doctor. I relive the Shada saga with the eighth incarnation of him, whatever eighth incarnation with Paul McGann's doctor. So, yeah, it's such a traveled character. Mm. Yeah. So I'm going to give a little weight to your suggestion that if they brought back Ramana, that Lala Ward would play the character. And here's why. If you go back and you look at history in Doctor Who, Missy the Master became a female character before the Doctor became a female character, as if you look in the progression of the series. So if you had Ramana revisit a the face, even if it's an older face, this would put her revisiting a face before the doctor does, meaning you're clearing the way for Matt Smith to come back. You're clearing the way for David Tennant to come back or Christopher Eccleston or whomever, you know, if you wanted to say uh, Peter Capaldi, Jodie Whittaker at some point. You see what I'm saying? If she revisits, because if we've already regenerated in Big Finish into Romana 3 or 4 or whatever, and you have Lala Ward come back, face looking older, but still being another version of Romana, she's revisited the face, meaning now the doctor can do that. Mm, Yes, I like that. So let's talk for a moment about Romana traveling with the doctor. But my question is, if you could pair Romana with another version of the doctor, another incarnation other than the fourth doctor, which doctor would you choose and why? Okay, you know, actually, I want to give you two responses. I think if, if we didn't have Braveheart Tegan and Nyssa, I, if, if they didn't pop up on the scene, I think Romana would have been necessary for the fifth doctor because he was really out of sorts. And I think, uh, I think Braveheart Tegan and Nyssa, they were perfect for him, right? Because, you know, you have one that was, you know, toughening him up, so to speak. And then the other one that was uh, a more common, fit, calming figure for him. But I think Peter Davison's doctor would have worked well with Romana. And I think um, getting Matt Smith's doctor. Don't you think that would be cool? Matt Smith and Lala Ward or Romana, either one of them working with Matt Smith's doctor? I think anybody because- working with Matt Smith's doctor is wonderful. Mm. Yeah, I, I think because he was kind of like out of sorts as well, and he was definitely doing the, you know, like think about what he did with 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 Amy with, hey, I'll be right back, and then she's older and, you know, messed up from the experience. I think it was a lot of stuff where, you know, he was getting too loud. He had to calm it back down. I think, you know, if if you didn't have River Song, I mean, you can have both. I think Romana could have helped him navigate his travels. So yeah, Romana, uh, any Romana and Matt Smith's doctor, I think that's a good combination. 
Okay. So this is the combination that I would say would not work. I, I, I think both of your choices were brilliant, very good, but this pairing with Romano one and this version of the doctor, I would say they would never get anything done because they would be sitting or standing in the TARDIS and arguing for 30 minutes or however long the episode was about who's going to do what, et cetera, and so forth is the sixth Doctor and Romana would be like oil and water, I think. You know what, though? I would love to read the transcripts. Oh, I would, too. That would be so funny. Mary Tam and Colin Baker, I would love to read the transcript. (laughs) Oh, that would be... I mean, I think they would be hilarious arguing with each other because they would both not be able to say that the other one is right. You know what? Okay, you you hit it on the nail with those who wouldn't... uh, They would get on like a house on fire. Um, I think, you know, if we would have had the first Doctor and Romana, it would have been one of those, uh, the first Doctor, or Hartnell's Doctor, and it would have been like Hartnell's Doctor and Miss Wright, where he would do something and she would be like, ah, oh, no, 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 don't talk to me like that, don't, and he would have to apologize. Mm-hmm. It would be a bunch of that with William Hartnell's Doctor and Romana. But, you know, I, I wish, you know, how we get the trial of a time Lord and you get, they let Colin Baker, like just tell off the, the, the high council, like just tell them off. I love that stuff. And I, I want a doctor to get that moment. And, you know, I, w- I want it really for Peter Capaldi to have that moment. And maybe uh, the current doctor now, maybe she can get that moment. But I just want the doctor to tell off time Lords. I'm, I'm sorry. It's going on a tangent. No, 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 no. I think, I think that's, that's quite good. I'm just trying to think, when that might could happen. And if she ever sees Time Lords again, maybe in the past, considering the things that she's found out, she might well do tell them off. Let me ask you a question. Okay, so, okay, we kind of did the obvious where we went like, oh, Colin Baker's doctor and Ramana, especially, you know, Mary Tam, that, that wouldn't. But you know what? I think over time, especially, again, going back to Big Finish, they were able to do the the actual goal where he was supposed to start off wild. What do you mean wild? I don't know. Choking companions. <laughs> and then he was supposed to kind of round up a little bit, like, uh, you know, kind of arc towards, all right, now I'm being sensible. They allowed uh, Peter Capaldi's doctor to do it. But you know someone where I think they would not get along? I think Ramana and David Tennant's doctor, because I think David Tennant's doctor would be kind of sulking like, Man, I'm supposed to be the clever one. I'm only supposed to be the smart one in the room. That's like true. I don't think he would ever get a, I don't think he would ever get over it. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? I actually think she and the twelfth doctor would get along marvelously. Well, see, you know what would end up happening where you know how we're saying, well, uh, you know, Mary Tam's doctor, she starts off first kind of code or whatever. I think if she would have been paired up with Peter Capaldi's doctor, she would have stayed that way because they would have just encouraged it with each other. Oh, yes. I agree. (laughs) Totally agree. Totally agree. Well, let me ask you this. I've asked you a lot of questions about Romana, but my other question that I want to have for you to answer about Romana is, is there anything that deals with Romana that pertains to Romana that I've not asked you that you want to express about this being your favorite companion. Is there anything else Romana wise that you want to bring to the table? I'll tell you this. And you know, 
it was such a hard question when you asked me, like, you know, who's your favorite companion? You know, I, I, I wanted to say Sarah Jane Smith for a little bit. I wanted to say uh, Clara. You know, I went with Romana one, um, not Romana one, but one reason why I went with Romana. She's one of the reasons why I started straight out of Gallifrey. It was an excuse to talk about her. You know, so when we got to that point, I was like, yay, you know, we get to talk about Romana. And like around a corner, I'm thinking, and then Trial of a Time Lord is coming up. But, you know, just some final thoughts about Romana. I mean, just think about her when she's in Destiny of the Daleks and she's wearing like this inverted version of Tom Baker's outfit where she gets the pink coat and the white scarf. Right. I just think that's awesome. You know, sitting there entertaining them, playing the one, two, three shoot or rock, paper, scissors. That's just some awesome stuff. But when we get to series 17 and series 18, where, uh, and, and she gets some good, like smart Alec remarks as well. She just delivers them. <laughs> I, I remember when she was telling the three who rule, she said, uh, so how else, do, you know, what do you do for the poor people of this planet other than uh, save them from, uh, you know, gluttony? Because you're not really giving them much. So right. I, I do like that because I feel like, you know, if you ever read those Harry Potter books, if Hermione's not there, they're dead. Like if Hermione wasn't there, Ron and Harry are dead. And the doctor, he has survived without Romana. But I just think like, man, I, I think just the two of them together is the sure shot where it's a can't lose double act. And when you're watching these episodes – I think, you know, I think they had to, quote unquote, get rid of the character because it's she's almost too perfect. Because if if you keep having her, you're going to start thinking, maybe we should do a spinoff with her, but we can't afford it. Right. Okay. well, you know, it's almost like Dr. Leah Shaw, where they're like, well, she's too smart. We need someone that's going to ask, what's this, doctor? What's that? And I I don't believe in that. I think. Series seven of Doctor Who is awesome with Dr. Leia Shaw. And I feel like with series 16, 17 and 18, I think we're getting some good Doctor Who with low points and high points because the doctor has someone right next to him that he really can trust. Like really, really not. And I have to train you up, but you we're from the same place, you know, and I I, I think that's why. Tom Baker and Sarah Jane Smith, why they got on so well is because they're from like the same place. I believe they're both from Liverpool. So you kind of have that shorthand, just right. like when we pair up Peter Capaldi's doctor and Missy. Well, hey, we're both from Scotland. The showrunners from Scotland. So maybe we can do some shorthanding with each other that the communication is. Boom, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I love this whole aspect of I'm now working with someone from where I'm from. So I can, I can see that. Better. I can see yeah. that because even and you know we see the you know Great Britain, we see England, but we we don't being in America. I think always see that there is Ireland, there is Scotland, there is Wales, there is England, and they all have their own distinct identities. Even if they are Great Britain, they are all distinct and just like. You know, where you live and where I live, we have our own ways of saying things and et cetera and so forth. There's just a familiarity. So I definitely, definitely see where you're coming from. Yeah, and I think that. And I think, you know, like I hear kind of like a a southern twang in your voice and I'm from Texas. So I feel like maybe there's more familiarity and a trust factor 
where we're just kind of talking to each other. But maybe because you sound familiar to me, I'm more comfortable and relaxed. I don't know. Maybe so. so. I think even in this country, we, we have that as well. Cool. Cool. Well, I have one final question before we wrap that is related to Doctor Who, but I'm going to go away from Ramana and I want to go back to the doctor, him or herself. Why is the doctor, the character of the doctor, what makes that role, that character important to Ashford, to you? What makes that character important? I'm going to tell you what makes character important. One, I love the whole thing of... Like the doctor gets it wrong sometimes. You know, I, I love the whole thing with, you know, I don't, we got to get out of here. It's volcano day. And then uh, Donna says, you know, just save one person. So now he's the cause of it. Like, I, I love that. I love how um, in Rosa, where uh, the doctor has to sit on the bus and allow history to happen. And I feel like that was time lording going on, you know. Some people felt like, oh, well, she didn't really do anything. She did. She allowed history to happen. You know, just like with the Ninth Doctor where he says, you you know, the world's spinning and all this stuff. I can feel all of that. So I, I like the fact that this, the Doctor is a flawed character. The Doctor gets it wrong sometimes. Uh, the Doctor is sometimes a petulant child. Sometimes the Doctor is brilliant. Sometimes the Doctor is funny. And then sometimes, you know, you know, when I think about David Tennant's Doctor, I think about like, when he damned those characters to hell in Family of Blood. Whereas like, you will forever be a scarecrow. You will forever be uh, the little kid that's in the corner of my eye when I look in the mirror and I'm like, was something there? Like, that is some dark, scary stuff. Uh, sometimes the doctor is the mass manipulator. Sometimes the doctor is showing kindness and telling people to be kind. So the doctor is doing the Shaka Khan, I'm every woman. The doctor, I mean, that's, it, that's why we like the show. It could be anything. Like, if I'm watching Law and Order, it's like, man, I better like Law and Order stuff because that's, that's what all you're I'm going to get. Yeah, yeah. so I, I better like that. Whereas with the Doctor Who, like, hey, they gave me a Western this time. Yes. Oh, man, they're in outer space. Yeah, they gave that to me this time. So They're in the 1800s, the next one. Yeah. So, yeah, so, like, watching the Doctor is like listening to a Beatles album for the first time. It's like they have four singer-songwriters and they, they're from the same place, but they have, like, different takes on how to approach a song. So when I pop this in, it could go anywhere. Yep. Very good comeback on that one. I like that. As we're recording this, as we, you and I both know, we are still in a global pandemic as we are recording this. This is April the 18th, 2020, if you might be listening to us sometime in the future. So, Ashford, how are you surviving content wise tell us something that you could recommend that people that are listening might want to watch or read that you are using to help pass this time of social distancing social isolation and whatever it might be anything you could recommend to listeners oh wow that is a good one i let's see as far as i'm trying to think of a let me, let me just think just for one second. Take I want to time. think of something where something that's not like an arduous task, where it's like, no, you can, you can watch this. I think Veep, I think that's a great TV show to kind of hop on. There, it's fast. Uh, you know, each season, maybe like 10 episodes, they're only 30 minutes. And once that show really gets rolling, that ensemble cast is fantastic. Uh, I think, um, 
wow, let me think about like something as far as uh, I, I I would recommend, you know, something that's kind of fun and light. I'm going to start reading. I have the DC app, but like if you can get your hands on physically or digitally, the terrifics with uh, Mr. Terrific, Plastic Man, uh, Metamorpho. It's a fun comic. It's, it's light. It's fun. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Doom Patrol. Yeah, what am I talking about? Let, let me end all of that. Let me help you with how you can get through this. Doom Patrol, the television show, or all the right. comic, but the Doom Patrol television show, 10 episodes. Maybe it's 13. I don't know. It blew my mind. Phenomenal. And guess what? Uh, I recommended this to a friend, and they instantly started bringing up Doctor Who. Same thing. Like, this thing is funny. This thing is dark. This thing is action-packed. Uh, it's uh, it's dealing with uh, pathos and silliness and righteousness and, like, insane, mind-bending Grant Morrison stuff. So, yeah, you know what? Scratch everything I just said. Doom, Doom Patrol. Patrol. Oh, Cool. Well, I wanted to do something, what I've been watching that I would recommend. And I've heard people talk about this show for years, and I just never watched it because I watched comedies when I was younger. And honestly, I just don't have time to watch them now. But I'd never watched Community, and I started it about two weeks ago, and I am almost finished with Series 2 or Season 2. And with 20, you know, what is it, back then... Uh, I, the first two seasons had 23 episodes. So I've watched about 40 something episodes, close to 50 episodes in a two week period. So community, I'm really enjoying it. It's lighthearted. It's not anything that will melt my brain, but it's just mm-hmm. been fun. I'm going to throw out one more fun one. Uh, if some of you, if you have Hulu, I think it's on happy endings, three seasons. Uh, I think it's a fun cast. It's kind of wacky, random humor. It's kind of a, uh, Going for an off-kilter friends type thing. Happy endings. All right, cool. And to end this episode happily, I will ask one final question to you, my friend. And that is, where can people find you on the Internet? Oh, thank you for that. And thank you for having me. I want to also quote Romana when she told uh, the doctor, I was actually willing to be impressed. (laughs) Ah, cool. Well, thank you, Fred. I was glad you're here. <laughs> She's, it's crazy. So uh, you can find me at writeonnetwork.com. That is W-R-I-G-H-T on network.com. To find my other podcasts, you know, if, if you're a 90s Seinfeld head, I have a Seinfeld podcast called The Four Who Rule. Like Kyle and I mentioned before, you know, I do Straight Out of Gallifrey. That's a Doctor Who podcast. If you happen to be into Birds of Prey, Bad Girls, Cassandra Kane, or The Huntress, either one, Helena Bertinelli or Helena Wayne, hey, I'm your guy with some other folks where we, we talk about those characters. And I'm on Twitter. You can follow me at S.O. Gallifrey. Thanks. Awesome. Awesome. And all of those links will be included in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. And I will also point listeners to discussing comics where it was episode 53. I believe it's the latest as of we're recording right now where we did 
you and I talk about Birds of Prey, Helena and Bert Wayne and Bertinelli. So check that out. That was a great conversation as well. And this has been fun. I've had a lot of fun. I hope you have too. And you're welcome back, my friend, anytime. Thank you for having me. Thank you. You're very welcome. And for everyone listening, stay safe, wash your hands, be sure to check out Listen, Rinse, Repeat, the podcast. You can find it on any of the podcast players, and it's just some minute-long, about a minute-long episodes for washing your hands, because that is something that we all need to do right now. So everyone stay safe, and thank you for listening. We will be back next time. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com.